0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister. How are you?
1: Good. How are you? Wa
0: as salam. Alhamdulillah. Um, sister, welcome to the Nikabi Diaries and thank you for agreeing to do this interview with us. Um, could you yes. introduce yourself for us and tell us a little bit about what you do?
1: Yes, I can. Um, so, my name is Chelsea. Um, I'm an American revert to Islam, alhamdulillah. Uh, I converted back, I think it was 2011, um, somewhere between like August, September, or so um, I was actually an atheist prior to that, so alhamdulillah. Um, I- pretty much started wearing hijab very soon after I converted. Um, I think it was kind of on and off for um, like the first six months or so. Um, And then I think I stopped wearing it altogether for a few months until I really realized, you know, the meaning of it. Um, And then, alhamdulillah, uh, I put it on right after my very first Ramadan. And um, it stayed on ever since then. Um, And now alhamdulillah, I'm a mommy of three boys. Five or six. He just turned six. alhamdulillah six three, and I have an eight-month-old or nine-month-old. I I sometimes I think I've lost track. Um, I own I own a business. Um, so I work out of my home. Um, I Ali, please give that to me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Um, so I own a small business. Um, where I sell tie-dye scarves and some clothing, modest clothing, some niqabs, um, and I'm actually just now pursuing a new um, business, um, which is Peace Love Naturals. So I'll actually be handmaking herbal hair care and uh, self-care products. Um, my trade is actually cosmetology. I went to cosmetology school. Um, I was a working cosmetologist up until I got married. And um, yeah, so now I'm just kind of a stay-at-home mommy that tries to make a little bit of money. And I love talking about Islam to other sisters on Instagram. I used to have a YouTube channel that I discontinued just because I was having personal conflicts with, you know, me being on YouTube in general. Um, But I do think I might actually plan on restarting my YouTube channel for my Peace Love Naturals business to help teach women about herbal healing and making herbal stuff at home and you know talking about my products and things inshallah
0: mashallah about color. sounds amazing i'm, I'm this is <laughs> something i'm really interested in herbal and the natural products mashallah i'm sure a lot of sisters are yeah interested. that's awesome
1: yeah, I find that a lot of Muslim sisters really kind of draw towards that stuff. Not that non-Muslims don't, but mm. I do find that most Muslim sisters that I associate with anyways are kind of drawn to that. I wonder if it has something to do with our faith.
0: Yeah, maybe, yeah, inshallah. Subhanallah. Um, so sister, what made you want to wear the naqab? um so i was i was actually one of those
1: girls that never thought i would wear the niqab i never really considered it i always kind of thought it was a cultural thing or like maybe just the women in saudi do it or you know um i had known that it was a part of the religion Um, in all honesty before i converted I don't really think I knew much about hijab really because uh, some of the Muslim girls that I knew um, wore hijab some didn't wear hijab so you know it all just kind of comes with time and learning and educating yourself properly within Islam and um, I, I definitely felt a draw towards wearing the hijab I think first off because It was my way of being able to represent like my new belief. So kind of that idea of wearing your religion on your head, that's what I wanted to do. It wasn't even that like I felt like I had to wear it for my religion, but I just outwardly wanted to be a Muslim so bad because Allah had helped me to believe in him through Islam. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was just something that I just fell in love with because I was so proud that I was finally a Muslim. So I was already very, very attracted to the hijab and Alhamdulillah put it on. And and I think that it was just in time of doing proper research. And um, I remember coming across a sister on um, YouTube one day, um, I can't remember if I was like researching nikob in, in general, but this was about the same time that I actually ended up leaving YouTube because uh, I was kind of starting to feel like I was a little bit too out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was you know, talking about personal things, I wasn't as private as I wanted to be, you know, I was very open about showing my children on my YouTube videos, Mm -hmm. um, you know, discussing my past, and, and not to say that I was doing anything that, that maybe some people, you know, would consider haram, but it started to make me feel uncomfortable, like, you know, what am I doing on here, and I, so I do think that a part of me kind of started to take a step back and think, do I need to be this like out there this present this um have my face right there on social media for the world to see and I think naturally it kind of led me to do a little bit more research in Nakab because I was like I wonder if this is kind of a way hmm. for me to be on social media but not feel so out there on social media maybe if I just start covering my face on social media you know so I actually I I made a lot of dua about it and my heart just kept telling me a lot kind of I think he led me to a place where finally I just didn't really feel comfortable having my face on social media anymore I immediately took down all my YouTube videos I immediately took down all of my photos and the photos of my family off of my social media profiles. Mm -hmm. And anytime I would go on to social media, I would wear the niqab. And so I think naturally that kind of just led me into educating myself because I was like, you know, uh, maybe, you know, when a lot of people talk about that hijab is a barrier and hijab is a way to protect us. Um, I was like, maybe that's kind of, you know, of course, in referring to niqab as well, because I'm feeling much more protected. I'm feeling much more safe. I'm not mm-hmm. feeling so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just my, my starting to really love the niqab and it's, you know, kind of transforming a bit of. I don't want to say like in modesty or whatever that was left inside of me. But I mean, when I had my YouTube channel, I was doing makeup tutorials and fashion stuff. And so I do think that coming, especially too from a a very Western non-Muslim upbringing where I used to model and I did beauty pageants and, you know, like, I do think that niqab made me feel anyways, like it was like that last step in kind of shedding that bit of immodesty I had Mm. left in me. And it just made me feel comfortable. I started to feel much more secure, like in myself and in my Mm -hmm. skin. And um, it helped to kind of humble me in a strange way. Um, And so in that, you know, of course, I wanted to start looking for Nakabi sisters that I could follow and watch Nakabi videos, and I think that's finally probably what ended up leading me to, and maybe you are familiar with her, she's a, I, don't, I can't remember if she's Indonesian or Malaysian sister, her name is Finn Jamal.
0: Oh no, I haven't heard of her.
1: Okay, she she actually used to be a pop singer. Oh right. And, um, and she she ended up leaving the music industry and started wearing hijab and everything like that. And, and then eventually she, she talked about in one of her videos, um, I think it's DOPS TV, um, she uh, talked about how when she started wearing the niqab that for a while she actually used to carry a niqab in her backpack with her mm-hmm. because she just had this love and this draw for niqab and, you know, and she wanted to wear it but she just wasn't sure if she was ready or the people around her were ready to accept yeah. it from her. And But she always wanted to. So she had it in her backpack. And and when she kind of talked about that, I was like, man, that's kind of how I'm feeling. Like I'm feeling this draw to want to wear it. I'm starting to have this love for it. I'm growing more knowledge in it. Um, You know, I was able to really understand who used to wear it, why they used to wear it, the differences of opinion on, you know, whether it's Fard or Mustaheb or, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. um, and so of course I, I ended up buying some educational books, you know, one of the, the books that I always recommend to women who are looking into the niqab or the four essays veiling. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that was a really great one. Um, you know, there's, there's a few other books that I have, um, like the, my sincere advice to the Muslim woman, um you know, so I started reading those kinds of books and I was like, wow, you know, they really you know, I I personally, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of in that middle spot on whether it's Fard or Mustaheb. But, you know, I just say, you know, Allah well um, you know, I'm doing my best and um you know, and so, but I I think it allowed me to really draw towards Nicole more to really know that there are actually people out there who do kind of hold a a stronger view on it. And to have all of this evidence presented towards me, um, you know, and for me, I'm definitely very like, evidence-based, um, I'm, yeah, yeah, I think that was one thing that really drew me towards Islam, was I felt like it was so factual, yeah. and, like, just everything was there presented for you, no matter what question you had, there was always an answer for it, and so I was one of those kind of, maybe, <laughs> maybe to some people, those, the weird person who, like, loved the fic. Yeah. Um, I I didn't really care about all the spiritual stuff, because after all, like, I was atheist, so, yeah. like, spirituality to me wasn't as important as like the actual facts yes and um, i was like you know what if a religion helps me to believe in a law and believe in god you know then that's probably going to be the religion for me and because after studying islam i was just like oh my gosh like this makes sense and i feel like if there is a god this is probably his religion, (laughs) you know, and so because of that, like, really studying the thick behind veiling, it it just drew me closer and closer to wanting to wear the niqab, wanting to implement it, and um, wearing it on social media um, got a lot of attention, because, of course, my followers on my old profile, which was Chelsea Hijab Love, Um, You know, it had close to, you know, 32,000 followers, I think, Uh at the time that I left my YouTube channel, and my YouTube channel was about the same, and um, so, of course, now it's decreased, now it's around, like, 24,000, you know, because a lot of those people who were following me were following me for my makeup and my fashion and, you know, to look at my face and, you know, whatever it may be, And, and a lot of people didn't agree with my choice to wear it. Addie, go outside, please
0: you know, a lot of people
1: definitely did speak out about, you know, not being very happy that it was a choice that I made, that I was making Islam look extreme, and um, they were very... So
0: sister, could you, could you go into like how you actually came to Islam from an atheist background, like what actually got you into the religion in the first place?
1: Yes, so um, growing up, I didn't grow up in a very non I, I, yeah, I grew up in a very non-religious Household. I mean, I'll admit, my my father, he's very science driven, and my mom is um, she's the sweetest woman ever, but um, she's just very spiritual. She likes to say so. um, You know, religion was a matter of Christmas and Easter. You know, Um, I would attend church and stuff like that with like some of my girlfriends, who their families were a little bit more practicing. And but you know, religion was never really a big deal in my life up until I was a teenager. I started going to more youth groups and some church services that were kind of targeted towards like a teenage audience, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually started attending like this hip hop church. Uh, they they called it the pastor. He had like a hip hop CD where he used to rap about Christ and all this kind of stuff. And so, oh, um, you know, I enjoyed myself. But I remember sitting in a sermon one day, and um, you know, and we were singing and everything, and it was so much fun and, but I kept thinking to myself, like, man, I kind of feel like a hypocrite, like, I don't feel like I believe in any of this hmm. stuff, like, you know, and I would go to, like, a Bible study every once in a while, and I read, like, um like, an urban, they called it an urban translation of the Bible, wow. <laughs> and um so, you know, and I, I just remember always, like, just all these red flags kept coming up whenever I would read things, and I never felt like I really got a whole lot of, um, answers, and I remember asking, like, my cousin, who's very religious, like, they're very active in their Christian church, and, um, and I was like, you know, how did you believe in God, and she's like, you know, you just kind of have to have faith, you know, I was like, but what if you just don't have faith, and she's like, I, I don't really know, you know, it's just something you have, and I'm just like, that's not good enough, and, um, and I, sure enough, just kind of started calling myself an atheist, because at that point, I didn't believe in God. I didn't have a religion. Um, I, I definitely do think I kind of went more on the scientific side. I was like, hey, I'm I'm totally okay with the fact that we were like created from a tadpole and like we grew into these, you know, intelligent c- creatures and we're just gonna die and like become a part of the earth. Like I'm totally okay with that, you know. And um, but in high school, um, I wasn't the best of student. I ended up going to night school. And, um, a girlfriend that I had made in night school class actually was a Muslim. And, um, coincidentally enough, it was actually Ramadan. And, and so she had actually asked me, um, she's like, Hey, you know, um, my, you know, whatever, my masjid, you know, of course, I didn't know what that was at the time, so I hesitated in even saying that, I was just like, okay, whatever, <laughs> she's like, hey, you know, we're having some picnic, and, um, you know, I really want you to come, and and I was just like, okay, you know, sure, why not, um, and um, so I actually ended up, I think it was just a couple nights later, um, I ended up going to her masjid, and, um, you know, I remember her telling me, like, make sure you wear like long sleeves and pants and stuff like that, like don't come dressed how you dress, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I understand why now, but I didn't understand then, I was just kind of like, okay, I guess she wants me to be modest, I don't know, you know, <laughs> yeah. and um, and I remember even being in, you know, like getting out of my car and walking up and feeling like um, all eyes were kind of on me a bit. Um, you know, my hair was out and, you know, I'm like this white girl walking up to this masjid looking very not Muslim and, um, you know, and, uh, this older woman, Michelle Law, um, she looked a little upset and and she told my friend in Arabic, um, which I knew after asking my friend what she said. And, uh, she, she insisted that I covered myself because, um, I was standing out too much. Like it was like, Like I I might be have been like a distraction or something. I'm not so sure. So, you know, but I I honestly can't even say I like knew what Islam was, what being Muslim was. I can't say I even knew a Muslim or anything in high school that I can think of. Um, You know, so for me, it was just kind of like, oh, this is this person's religion, whatever. I'm very tolerant and accepting, like, you know, do what you got to do. And I remember putting a scarf on my head. And so at this time I was probably about 17 or 18. Um, And so she was she was, I guess, my first Muslim friend. Um, And, um, and she didn't cover, you know, so, you know, of course that, you know, that confused me later on when I started studying Islam and all of that. And, um, you know, but that was probably like my first opening of Islam for me. And I actually I I ended up getting married um, when I was 19 years old, and, um, and he was in the armed services. And of course, at that time, it was a lot of soldiers were going to Afghanistan and Iraq and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, you know, just hearing very negative things about Muslims and Islam in particular. and, And that's just not really the type of person I am to just, you know, ramble off how bad people are for no reason without education or anything like that. So I remember buying a Quran. And um it's it's not a very good translation. It was very difficult to read and I think even to this day I have and I tried to give it away to somebody and that person ended up like not living where I ended up mailing it to or something. So maybe Allah just doesn't mean for people to have that translation. I don't think it's very good, Allah. Allah.
0: <laughs> but um
1: so um I, I remember I couldn't even get through the first maybe I don't know, six pages of Bakara or so. Um, and I was just like, I have no idea what this book is saying. Like, I am not getting this whatsoever. Um, at the time, my Muslim girlfriend had actually gotten married and um, she moved away and um, I came to visit her. So I was flying over and I had the Qur'an in my hand and I'm on the, I'm on the, on the boat, oh my gosh, I'm on the plane and, um, and I'm trying to read the Qur'an. Like I'm really wanting to learn and um you know as an atheist for me it's just like i'm just educating myself like i i kind of pride myself on just education in general even though like i was never very school smart never very book smart so anyways so i just wanted to know what islam was about but this guy next to me kept interrupting me like he wanted to have he wanted to have this very long in-depth conversation about I don't know what and I remember being so frustrated and I swear it was like the Shaitan trying to like disrupt me (laughs) like who knows I could have became Muslim earlier but that's not what Allah entailed for me (laughs) um, but uh, from that day I never picked up that Quran again I didn't study Islam again until I was 24 years old so at that point I was probably about 19 Um, I, I didn't pick up a Quran again until I was 24 and, um, the same girlfriend um, that I had in high school, she was visiting down in Florida and we were hanging out. And, um, unfortunately, I mean, you know, she wasn't like the most practicing Muslim. So she had my, my girlfriend had come back to visit. And, um, I remember, you know, we were hanging out and going out at nighttime and stuff like that. And, um, uh she would sleep over at my house occasionally because of course you know her her auntie would never allow her to come home you know past like midnight so um you know so she would stay with me and and i remember just very like just very clearly i remember this one morning in particular we woke up we got some food we were sitting on the couch and um and she was like you know i just don't understand like how you don't believe in God, like how you don't believe that there's a God, like I just don't get it, and you know, for me, of course, it was very easy, you know, because I just didn't believe, Um, but that's when I kind of realized that even if you're not really like a non-practicing Muslim, you still like a lot of the Muslims that I know that are non-practicing still have very firm belief that Allah exists, Mm-hmm. I think it's very hard to take a law out of the hearts of Muslims, even if you are a sinner, even if you don't pray, you know, even if you're not practicing. And that that was something I saw very clearly from her. And, and you know, unfortunately, quite a few Muslims that I kind of had surrounded myself with at that point. And, um, you know, and so she, you know, she asked me something very basic, you know, which, um, you know, you don't really think of, but she was just kind of like, you know, if there was a religion what like you know what would it be like you know like how how could you believe in God you know and I had never really thought about it before I guess and so I just kind of started rambling on and on about like okay well God would be like this and the religion would be like this and all that kind of stuff you know because I was very open with her about you know like she's like well you know what do you think about Christianity and what do you think about this and, um, and I, you know, I remember to her telling her, you know, cause I just kind of feel like all those stories of the prophets and stuff like that are just, you know, like fairy tales, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, and I, I do think it's very easy to see it that way when you don't have belief in a creator. So I was just kind of, like I said, I was just kind of rambling off, like what the religion would be like and, you know, how women would be in the religion and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I, I always kind of, saw myself as somebody who was kind of in the middle of being like a traditionalist but a feminist and I didn't really know where I lied I wanted to be that hard-working like money-making woman at the same time I wanted to be the stay-at-home mommy that did the homeschool and (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know so I just kind of went with my heart as I was you know talking about things and and at the end of it she was just kind of like you know I just want to let you know that you kind of sound like a Muslim. (laughs) And, you know, and of course, you know, me talking about that stuff, I can't honestly say if I ever really went too deep into religious conversation like that before with somebody. Um, You know, so I don't really think I ever really even expressed those kind of thoughts. And I, I will say that I do think at that point in time, I I could say that maybe I was a bit more agnostic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not that I was searching. I wasn't really searching for anything, but I did kind of, I, I left myself open and I was just kind of like, look, if there's a God and he wants me to believe in him, it'll happen. You know, if there's a religion for me to follow, it'll happen. But right now I don't really care. I don't really think that there's anything, but hey, who knows, you know? I remember always saying like oh well if there is a god he'll judge me on the type of person i am (laughs) you know and and as soon as somebody says that you already know that there's something inside of them that's even questioning Mm -hmm. whether there is or isn't themselves you know so if somebody's an atheist and they say that then they might not be a hundred percent an atheist you know (laughs) to even say well if there is a god um, yeah, I think my, my dad says stuff like that sometimes. <laughs> and, um, you know, so, so for me, I think just having that very short conversation, I mean, you know, maybe it was an hour or so of us sitting on the couch and just chit-chatting um, that, you know, at the time I wasn't working, um, I was in between jobs, um, and, um, I wasn't going to school, I, I, uh, ended up signing up for some college courses later on, but, um, so at the time I was like, you know, I don't really have anything to do, you know, I'm just kind of sitting around the house just, You know, enjoying life, and (laughs) and um, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna start, you know, researching Islam a little bit. You know, I had that Qur'an, the Qur'an at one point in time that I never finished, and um, you know, so I started researching Islam. I started watching lectures. I ended up finding, you know, channels like the Dean Show, and you know, like a lot of like the yeah, like the Revert type shows. You know, help people understand Islam better. And, um, and I remember, I don't think they do anymore. But on the website, they had all of these video lectures from different shakes. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I remember being attracted to like Dr. Bilal Phillips in particular. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he just had a very kind of clear way of explaining things um, in a very nice way understandable way, you know, he didn't fluff anything, he wasn't trying to make things sound special, you know, and even sometimes when you hear things, you kind of question, you know, so you do more research, and um, I remember, you know, of course, because I was researching SM, and at that time, you know, the kind of... (laughs) I guess you say like, whatever, the war on Islam or like, you know, the yeah. people disliking Muslims, I, I think, you know, we're pretty strong at that time because our troops were actually being sent overseas more often. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you would always find these videos on YouTube about the prophet and about the religion and about the companions. And you would just think to yourself like, wow, this stuff is craziness.
0: Mm-hmm. And of
1: course, since I was researching it at that time, um, you know, I would come in contact with all these videos that would say such horrible things about Islam and about our prophet. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, because I was very non-biased at that point. For me, I, I was educating myself. It was nothing more than that. It had nothing to do with the fact that I was planning on being a Muslim, that I wanted to be a Muslim. It was purely educational. So, um, you know, I would watch these videos. and please, Bubba, you're big. You know better you know better and um so i would watch these videos and i'd be like oh man if this really is like what islam is i'm not so sure that this religion is for me you know and so i would get a little nervous sometimes when i would see these videos because they seemed like they knew what they were talking about, you know, and unfortunately, I think that this is where a lot of non-Muslims probably get their information, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, and so I remember being like, this can't be the case, like, the Muslims I know, yeah, they're not perfect, but they're not stupid, (laughs) you know, like, they wouldn't follow a religion if it was like this. If every time I would watch, I would watch a video that was like negative towards us them, I didn't want to fall into the traps of like believing that stuff. So I would then go to some of the sheikhs, some of the imams that I was watching at the time to see if maybe they had, um, uh, a video that actually discussed that particular topic, like, for instance, the marriage between our prophet and Aisha, you know, that was, that was a big one, you know, that they would always get on to the prophet about, and, you know, so, alhamdulillah, there's so many videos out there about that, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so I was able to kind of clear things up, and every time I saw a Muslim explain these so-called misconceptions um, that these non-Muslims construed into this like horrendous thing, um, I always felt like, wow, you can really see who's actually educated and is actually speaking from knowledge and from like a very wise place versus somebody who's just kind of speaking out of ignorance and hate yeah and that's what I felt and so every time I would do that I'd watch a bad video and a good video a bad video a good video and eventually it just kind of led me to the point where I was like okay it seems like a lot of the misconceptions are being kind of cleared up for me and um I actually I, I started studying a little bit more about the prophet because um you know a lot of the stuff of course with Islam was targeted towards you know our beloved prophet sallallahu <laughs> Wasallam. And um and i remember just kind of educating myself a little bit on who he was and what his character was like and i i grew to just kind of like love him as a man and I remember, you know, and, and I really don't think I realized this up until actually recently when a, a non-Muslim sister had asked me some questions. In particular, she asked me my convert story and what made me believe that Islam was true. And and um, I remember explaining to her in my convert story. And I I honestly think that it wasn't really until then that I realized that even 2,000 years later, like it truly was the prophet. You know, of course, it was Allah, but it truly was through the Prophet that brought me to Islam mm. because even though I didn't study him in depth, I researched his character enough and the situations that happened in his life that people you know would speak negatively about him and And I remember just thinking like there's no way that this guy is all of these bad things that these people are saying and it just seems like, you know, there were, there were like a few options, right? I remember watching this video and I, I, I cannot remember who, who said this, but there were like, there's kind of like these three options. Like either, you know, Muhammad was telling the truth, right? He really was a prophet mm-hmm. or he was crazy. Right. You know, or he was just a liar, yeah. Um. you know? And I remember kind of weighing those things out because, you know, even just like a subject like psychology is very interesting to me. And I remember thinking about it that way, a very kind of like, you know, psychology manner. And um, I was like, well, it doesn't seem like he's a liar, because liars are usually found out, um, you know, and, and, and most times liars aren't really like, you know, good people, you know, so... For people to kind of praise the prophet like they did, but then him be a liar, like that's that's very far and in between, right? You know, the chances of him being a liar I feel are very low, especially after the long period of time that, you know, he had his prophethood and how people Mm -hmm. spoke very highly upon him and and then the crazy thing, yeah, no, crazy people are found out to be crazy, <laughs> you know. And I just remember kind of breaking this down and and uh yeah, and really seeing, you know, even just like how Aisha I used to speak about him and um and I I think from there I was just kinda of like, Well, I kind of feel like if there if there was a prophet Muhammad definitely was one. Mm. And so if Muhammad is a prophet, then that must mean that maybe God does exist. And then if God does exist, then that must mean that like Islam is the true religion. And then I have just been blessed with it. Like, ham <laughs> that. And I remember just kind of feeling like, man, if, I have, if I've ever been close to what my cousin said, you just have to have faith. If I had ever in my life been close to that feeling, it was the feeling I had towards Islam and Allah in Islam. Subhanallah. And um, and I remember telling um, who is now actually my. My husband, because unfortunately I got a divorce, and um, about a year later later, I got remarried, and that's my now husband. And um, uh, we were just acquaintances at the time, and you know, and he just thought I was like some silly white girl that's just like, you know, I want to be a Muslim, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he was just like, just stop it, like, what are you doing? Like your husband is like in the Marine Corps, like, what, like what you're gonna be a Muslim? Like, come on, you know, and. Um, you know, so he didn't take it very seriously, and, um, you know, but my, my Muslim girlfriend at the time, you know, she was all for it. She's like, oh, this will be so awesome, like, you know, you tr- you convert, and, you know, and of course, you know, she joked around, and it'll be because of me, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and, you know, mashallah, though, you know and um you know cuz she definitely was you know part of the the vessel that allah used to to get to me you know so may allah bless her for that um you know and so uh but yeah i and i remember just being like i i feel like my belief for god was as much as it could possibly so um so i remember thinking to myself you know like if if I'm going to believe in God any more than I, you know, ever have in my life, like right now is the time. And I can't honestly say that like that just deep spiritual awakening um, was inside of me when I decided to make my shahada. I made my shahada because at that point I was convinced enough that the prophet was a prophet and that Allah was real, you know, and all of the spiritual stuff and everything, I think just, it slowly started to come afterwards. Um, you know, and that's sometimes what I have to tell girls when they're getting ready to convert or thinking about converting. I'm like, you know, if you have all of the spiritual, you know, yummy, crying, happy, heartfelt stuff before you convert, like, come to that. But if you don't have that, like, don't, think that automatically Islam must not be for you because not everybody gets that ooey gooey lovey yeah. feeling some people are different you know what I mean Definitely. um our, all of our hearts work different the way that we think and feel about things are very different but as long as you believe that Allah is true and that the prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is the prophet that's what you have to believe to convert and if you have that conviction then convert you know don't worry about all of the warm heartfelt stuff that'll come later on like I'm a believer that if If Allah sends you the message and you understand the message and you get the message, all of that all of the beautiful stuff that you just long for and love and cry over, Allah's not going to bless you with that stuff until he knows that like you've you've made that commitment, you know because what's what's going to be the difference if you just wake up tomorrow and you're just like, "Eh nah." I, I thought about it last night, but, mm. you know, it's like, you're not going to get all that warm, gooey stuff until you actually are a Muslim, because that's what ends up opening your heart to all of it, yeah. is is to have that, that, your shahada, to have that conviction that this is it for me, and I remember even having a bit of anxiety, you know, probably the week after I converted, because I'm like oh, no, what if I don't like, what if I'm not a good Muslim? Or like, what if I don't do what I have to do? Or like, no, this is like, this is a lifelong commitment. Like I told myself, like, religion is not a game to me. You know, it was never something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a Muslim. And then like a week later, I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm not a Muslim. Um, you know, so it's something I took very, very seriously. So converting into the religion, um, it was definitely something that was challenging for my family to understand, especially mm-hmm having been in the position I was with, uh, you know, a military husband and um, having the lifestyle that I had and dressing the way that I did. And um, my family didn't understand it. They didn't like it. I'm sure a lot of them still don't really like it to this day, but mm. alhamdulillah, I will say that I have an amazingly loving, caring um, and accepting family.
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So and they're, I- Oh, and
1: they're they're very like non-confrontational so you know me converting it was kind of like a well why'd you convert and then that was it yeah. and nobody wants to talk religion to me anymore nobody says anything to me they're just kinda like look she's happy mm-hmm. she's healthy she's not hurting anybody like you know, hey, at least she believes in God, right? Yeah. Like if if she believes in a different prophet, whatever. Like at least she believes in God. So so Hamza, you know, my family has kind of come to accept it, and even you know, my dad sometimes you know have, for whatever reason I'll get brought up in a conversation that one of like him and his guy friends have, and um, you know, and my dad's kind of right winged, you know, Republican type guy, yeah. and. Uh, You know, and, um, you know, so of course, his friends are very similar. And, um, you know, I think one of his friends said something one time about like, oh, man, that must be hard to like have a Muslim for a daughter type thing. You're not saying it like in a mean way. But, um, you know, and, and my dad, he said, you know what, at the end of the day, she is my daughter, and I love her and that just like brought me to tears mm. you know I mean just to know that you know your your parents can have such different views on things especially something like your religion but at the end of the day like they've they've
0: learned to accept it so alhamdulillah so what about with them wearing the neck of, like how do they take that has it just been like the same yeah
1: so you know hijab was one thing (laughs) I remember my dad seeing me in hijab for the first time and you know he he said in probably not the very nicest way like you know what the heck is that on your head you know what I mean (laughs) and um you know but at the end of the day like the hijab was one thing um they did notice that I you know I started to take the photos off of social media and I started to kind of cover my face every once in a while when I was on social media and I remember my Karen's making a couple comments to me about, like, oh, please, like, please tell me that, like, you're not going to start wearing this on your face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, and at that time, even, even at that time, I remember thinking to myself, like, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm genuinely just wearing it on social media. Um, Like I really did not think that it was something that I was going to do permanently at all. I thought I was just doing it for social media. So that's Mm what I said. I said, Nope, I'm just doing it for social media. I just don't want to have my face out there anymore. I want to be more private in my life. And, um, and so they were uncomfortable with it uh, because they were kind of like, but Chelsea, like you have a big following and social media is so public and you don't know who's looking at your profile. And what if, you know, what if, you do get put on some like black list you know what I mean what if you do get looked at as like being extreme you know what I mean and so I think more than anything that was kind of my the fear from my parents um so yeah I think that was more so their concern was one my safety they were already worried about my safety with me just openly being a Muslim veiling my head Um, but now here I am covering my face. Now everybody's going to think I'm extreme, right? You know, so, um, I think that was probably their biggest concern was just my safety and people thinking that I'm extreme, me being like blacklisted, you know, by the government or whatever it may be, you know, and, um, you know, and I just kind of tried to assure them that like, you know, at the end of the day, whether my face is veiled or my face isn't veiled. If if somebody doesn't like Muslims, they're gonna they're gonna come at you regardless. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's plenty there's plenty of people, plenty of women who have been attacked by people who their faces haven't been covered. Exactly. Uh, you know, so bad people are just bad people, and um, you know, and but you know that that that's hard to you know explain to your non-Muslim family. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, but then, of course, I did start wearing it more often, and um, and it kind of happened gradually. It went from social media to uh, me, you know, because even my husband, you know, mashallah, my husband is very accepting of whatever I want to do you know he's um I definitely think that Allah blessed me with him in in the ways that our personalities kind of work with each other sometimes because I'm definitely the type of person that I don't want to feel like I'm being forced to do anything Mm -hmm. I don't want anybody to implement their opinions on me um I'm a very self-acting person if I feel convicted enough to do something I'm going to do it myself regardless of what anybody else is going to say about it. I'm, I, I, it's good and bad and being very stubborn like that. But hem does that, especially with uh, my, my newfound religion, hem to the, um, it's worked to my benefit, I think, to be very stubborn in that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, so my husband was kind of like, look, I have nothing against the niqab. I think it's a really amazing thing for you to do. Um, He's like, but I mean, I will admit, yeah, sure. Like I would be concerned for you and the kids going out. He's like, you know, we just moved here, you know, and I don't know how people will react to Muslims. I'm still kind of trying to figure that out myself here. And, um, you know, and uh, but it kind of came to the point where I think he could see, how much I wanted to wear it, Mm -hmm. and so I just kind of slowly started wearing it, like if I went to the post office with the kids, or if I went to the grocery store, or something like that, um, I would wear it. And, um, I remember one day us going to, um, like our, our local, like halal butcher type grocery store and, um, and me just kind of being like, Hey, would you be okay? Cause I don't think, he, you know, I had really worn it around him much at this point. Uh, we traveled over to Jordan. That's where my husband's from. And, um, I did get to actually wear it over there. I didn't wear it while I was traveling. Yeah. Um, you know, I wasn't wearing Nicole full time, anyways, okay. or hardly even part time. So I wasn't going to, you know, wear it while I was traveling, you know. Um, so I didn't, so I haven't experienced traveling with it. Mm-hmm. Per um, you know, but I did get to wear the niqab while I was over in Jordan, because I was like, hey, like, you know, I'm I'm in a Muslim country. If there's any place where I should feel comfortable veiling my face, I'm gonna do it here. And my husband was totally fine with it. He's like, hey, yeah, you know, like we're in Jordan. Like, why would you not want to wear it? You know, go ahead, have fun. <laughs> you know, um, but man, I remember, and it wasn't even like a super super hot time of the year, but it was. Uh, we tend to go over there either like right before Ramadan or like right mm-hmm. after Ramadan. And um, and it was so hot. And I remember feeling so suffocated, <laughs> thinking to myself, like, I'm, I'm like, okay, if I can do it here, and I'm comfortable and I like it, mm-hmm. then I'm going to start doing